Hey, Beauty Needs Me family, welcome to another episode. If you missed our inaugural episode with Angela Christine, make sure you listen to that right after this. We're your hosts, Dunio Dumasu and Talia Griffin. We have a very special guest joining us today for our post-Father's Day episode. Sam Desalu is an image consultant, restaurateur, beauty brand founder, and girl dad. Sam talks to us about everything from his faith and how it's been getting him through COVID and the racial uprising, how he left his thriving restaurant in Uganda to come back to the U.S. to care for his newborn daughter, and of course, Desalu Naturals and its mission to help women in Africa deal with their menstrual cycles. Please rate and review us on Apple and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to follow us on IG at Beauty Needs Me. A lot of your businesses have a connection to Africa. Your restaurant, Dasalu Bistro and Wine Bar, your nonprofit, Africa. 56, excuse me, yeah. and your skincare brand, Desalu Naturals. How did your love affair with Africa begin? Oh, man, my love affair, believe it or not, started in 2015. Um, okay. So like, I was at, like my lowest point. You know, I was doing really well until like I hit this like plateau. And then from the plateau, I kind of like hit rock bottom. And I honestly mm-hmm. felt like all this was taking place because, you know, like God was definitely calling me to something more purpose- purposeful than what I was currently doing. You know, yeah. um, I mean, they say that, you know, God would wreck your plan for his purpose. So that's why I felt like what was happening. So I decided to stop my start the nonprofit um, with my with my cousin Cedric. And um, we started Africa 56 and we wanted to just do our best to just give back, which is what, you know, I felt my calling was. So um, when I made my first trip to Tanzania, which was in 2015, you know, I just fell in love with the country. Um, and then I traveled to a few more countries and I, I started falling like more in love, not with just the countries in itself, but like just the work I was doing, you know, like helping the less fortunate, um, being able to give back, being able to create, you know, kind of like job opportunities for different individuals. So it was really amazing. So from there, you know, it just went from giving back to also now investing in Africa. So, yeah, that's when it all started. So what exactly was the purpose of Africa 56? So basically, Africa 56 started. Um, so I told myself back in like 2003 that when I get in the position that I could give back, I'm definitely going to do it. So when I was 15, my mom sent me back to Nigeria. And um, while I was there, I caught malaria twice. Mm. And the second time I caught it, I caught it with typhoid fever. So like I was like really out of it. So my mom told me to. T- my mom told my grandmother to take me to the hospital. It's like a local hospital. Like, I mean, I wouldn't send my worst enemy there, you know. And mm-hmm. um, that's where I went. And you know, because the money to get the medicine is so cheap, you know, when you're taking dollars and convert it into naira, which is the currency in Nigeria. Like, you know, my mother had it. And um, in the room next to me, um, there was there was a lady with her baby, and she was crying to the doctor and telling the doctor, like, hey you know, please, I need your help, you know, save my baby, you know, because her baby had malaria. And we all know that malaria is like, you know, one of the number one killers of people in Africa that don't, they can't afford the proper, you know, healthcare. And it really hurt me, you know, that um, this doctor was not going to treat the baby because the lady didn't have money. And I told myself from then on that, you know, I want to be able to give back to those that can't, you know, afford proper healthcare, can't afford education or food. So, um, 
I felt like, you know, in 2015, you know, when I was at my lowest and I realized, like, you know what, my calling is to give back. I started Alpha 56 and I was like, you know what, I'm going to help the less fortunate. I'm going to do everything I can to give back. And um, that's how Africa 56 came about. Yeah. Now, how old were you that first time when you went back? Um. So when I went back, I was, when I got sent back, I didn't go back. Right. Oh, yeah, when you got sent back. <laughs> you must have been bad. Back. You must have been oh, bad. No. That's the only time they get sent back. <laughs> yeah, I was I was very bad. I was 15. <laughs> um, and it's so funny. Ah, okay. Um, because my mom finessed me. She was like, hey, you know, you haven't seen your your grandmother in like 10 years because we came to America in 91 and at that time it was like 2001 and I was like she's like go see your grandma for three weeks I was like okay cool you know I could stare like the month of June to go see grandma you know I come back in July you know I get to Amsterdam with my uncle and I see he has like his return ticket and I'm like dang where mine at you know so I'm thinking okay maybe I'll get mine when I get to Nigeria Nah, like, you know, I get to my grandma's house, you know, 24 hours go by. My mom calls me like, hey, you know, you're not coming back. I'm like, what? She's like, nah, you're not coming back. I'm like, yo, what about my trip to Six Flags? Or, you know, what about this? <laughs> she was like, Your summer was canceled. Exactly. So my summer was definitely canceled. But I'm not going to lie. Like the two years that I ended up spending in Nigeria um, were the best two years of my life. You know, I yeah. just feel like those two years made me who I am now. And if I hadn't gone back, you know, I honestly don't know, like, where I would have ended up. But, you know, I tell everybody, like, God is very strategic, you know, and he directs our footsteps. So, I mean, I didn't want to go, but I, I needed to go, you know, because I am who I am now because of that two years, because of those two years. And it Many. all really worked out because when you came back, that was when I got to the high school and we both, like, I was new, but then you still felt kind of new. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, And that's how, how we became best friends. Just like, oh, yeah, you had just come back from Nigeria and you were just different. And it was like, OK, cool. It's funny because I left with an American accent and I came back with a Nigerian accent. So I didn't really <laughs> talk to too many people. And Talia was just so nice. I'm like, who is this nice girl talking to me? You know, it was, it was math class. So me and Talia <laughs> just connected since then. And we just been rocking. So I right, yeah, love you, Talia. Oh, thanks. Yes, spread the word. I am nice, y'all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so when we talk about um, Africa 56 and the mission, mm -hmm. which is fusing fashion, art and music to promote awareness and raise funds for the less fortunate kids in Africa. And mm -hmm. let me just say, I actually got the opportunity to go on one of your missionary trips a few years ago to work at the orphanage in Uganda. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. So awesome. um, it's it's definitely a program that, um, you know, once we get through to Rona and people can can travel, I encourage people to to sign up and and go. Um, but how have you been able to fuse those things, the fashion and the art and the music to kind of help promote the business over the years? Man, so again, you know, God is very strategic because prior to starting Africa 56, you know, I ended up in like all of those, like those industries, like music by default when I was working with Tyrese, I got to kind of like experience it like on another level. You know, it's one, it's one thing to be like, you know, a listener, but then to be, you know, on the other side and get to see, you know, the artists actually creating the music, it was really dope to me. Um, as far as art, I've always loved art. And then um, as far as fashion, you know, I was, uh, I was a stylist once upon a time, you know, so fusing all those three together. So um, in my years in those industries, I've made a lot of connections, you know, Tyrese working at BET and just other different celebrities. And I was able to leverage those 
relationships to do like benefit concerts or art exhibitions where the art was sold and the percentage of the art was, you know, given to Africa 56 to do work. Um, our biggest event was in 2014. Uh, it was actually in partnership with Tyrese. So we did a benefit concert um, titled uh, For Art Girls. And this money, the money that was raised was used to support the women and the girls that were kidnapped um, in northern Nigeria by Boko Haram. So um, that was like our biggest event, you know, uh, thus far. And that was music and that was art and fashion all fused together. Like we were really blessed to be able to do that event. Um, uh, the owner of One Oak gave us One Oak Nightclub in West Hollywood, you know, free of charge. Um, Tyrese offered his services free of charge, Genuine, Taraji. Like the, even the highlight of the night was actually Stevie Wonder, you know, getting on stage and performing. So basically like, you know, with our connections and, you know, fashion, art and music, we just leverage those, you know, to just give back. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much how we leverage those. D, let me ask you something. D, so since, since we're on, um, kind of his journey now, do you, do you want to pivot? to talk about kind of how he got started? Yeah, let's do that. Let's okay. do that. Okay, so, um, cause Sam, we had these questions all laid out <laughs> <laughs> with, but like you, you're so good at explaining the things right. you've you've done. We're just gonna, mm-hmm. we're just gonna re-strategize our little interview. Um, okay. So let's talk a minute about your career as a stylist, because that's also something that you do till this day um and i remember the journey like it was yesterday (laughs) Uh, so tell us how you ended up dropping out of columbia moving to new Mm -hmm. york and getting your start okay so man it was it was weird so i went to i was going to columbia and um i remember the day that i dropped out perfectly uh you know talia and i have a mutual friend named tempest and um I don't know, for some reason, I had like a science class and my major was marketing, but I was like, okay, whatever. And I really didn't, you know, care too much for the class or school at the time. You know, I just felt like my calling was somewhere else. So I went to the class and I sat down. I was like, man, I didn't prepare for this test. And I just told Tempest, like, yo, I'm, I'm not coming back again. And she's like, where are you going? I was just like, I, I quit. <laughs> and that was the last time um, I was at Columbia College. And then, you know, the summer went by, you know, I just went through the motions, went through a bad breakup. And I was like, man, I need to go to New York. You know, something was just telling me to go to New York. And I did it. I went to New York. Um, my mom gave me like $250. She bought my plane ticket to New York. And she paid for me to stay in a hostel for like two weeks. So, um, you know, I went to New yeah, York. Shout out and, to your mom. Not many yeah. Nigerian moms would do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. I mean, it was funny because I was actually having a conversation with my mom yesterday. And she was telling me how my grandfather you know, and my, and my grandmother were very strict, you know, they didn't mm-hmm. really let her do too much. Mm-hmm. And she felt like that affected her, you know, in a lot mm-hmm. of areas in her life. And she promised herself when she had kids, she wasn't going to be as strict because yeah. I mean, you know, we all know African parents want you to either be an engineer, doctor, a lawyer, something that's guaranteed money. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right. if you tell them you want to do, be anything in the creative world, they were like, okay, you just want to set yourself up. Yeah. Prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting. Exactly. <laughs> You know, so like my mom, you know, God bless her, that she was actually very encouraging of everything I wanted to do, right. you know, because I mean, when I told her that, oh, I, you know, I want to stay in a hostel for two weeks because I mean, I can't afford an apartment. She's like, ah, why do you want to stay in a hostel anyway? If you want to do it, I, you know, I'll, I'll support you. And I was like, okay, yeah. thanks, mom. You know, so mm-hmm. I get to New York and Talia knows me like I'm a hustler. So I hit the ground running the same day I landed and was looking for a job. And, you know, luckily I found the job. I was working two actually. 
um, AMC theaters. I, I legit had to put my, my pride to the side. You know, I was mm-hmm. like 21 or 22, and I was being asked to, like, pop popcorn and, and make hot dogs and sleep up theaters. I'm just like, this is not what I do, but Man. New York is so expensive. You got to do what you got to do to, you know, to survive. Because I've legit seen New York spit people out. Like, people come for, like, a month or two, and you call me, you talk to me, like, hey, where you at? Let's link up. Oh, I'm back in Chicago. I couldn't do it. You know, like, it was too expensive. <laughs> so you just got to do what you got to do. But um, uh, I landed an internship at BET uh, in the wardrobe department. I kind of finessed my way through that, too. And that's where I gained all my, like, my, uh, my knowledge in the fashion industry because I was working under some really, like, reputable fashion stylists. Um, one of them, his name was Mike B. At the time, you know, he was working with Diddy, Ludacris, Chris Brown was like his main client. So I'm soaking in all this knowledge. And, you know, um, also I'm assisting him with like uh, Terrence J. And he's actually giving me kind of like full creative control, which is pretty awesome. So um, like a year went by and I, was, I just decided like, hey, I'm going to, you know, spread my wings and fly and kind of see, you know, where where this goes. So, you know, my first client was Genuine. And then I did some work with Ryan Leslie. And then fast forward, I got connected to, uh, to Tyrese through another stylist that actually brought me on to help him. And then, you know, um, Tyrese became my client and I moved to L.A. So it was just like a whole a whole yeah. thing. But, you know, I thank God for the experience. And, um, yeah, like to this day, people still ask me to style them, which is good because it's one of my streams of income. That's really dope. So with all of your relationships that you've been able to leverage, what advice can you give to entrepreneurs on how to build organic relationships? Um, so for me, it was trial and error because I always felt like, you know, I always need to like stay on top of the people I connected with. Um, and it, and based off experience, like in New York city and LA, a lot of connections you make aren't like genuine and you get sent off a lot. And when you get sent off so much, it becomes discouraging and you kind of like lose hope, you know, cause you can meet somebody in the industry that you want to, that you want to thrive in. And they'll tell, tell you, like, oh, I got you, you know what I'm saying? I'll look out, just hit me up or whatever. And then you send the emails or you send a text or you make a phone call and you, you get curved, you know? So one thing I've learned is just to, you know, like, just stay consistent. And, um, I mean, there's one person out there that can kind of, like, change your life. I mean, not change your life, but kind of put you in a position, you know what I'm saying, to excel. And for me, um, it was a lady named uh, Raven. She worked at BET, and she was just like, Sam, it's something about you. You know, you're an amazing individual. I want to help you. And she was like, how can I help you? And I was like, I mean, I'll take an internship at BET in the water department. And she, she made it happen. And from there, you know, it honestly kind of helped me, you know, propel myself in the, uh, in the industry of, like, you know, styling. Yeah. I wouldn't call dope. myself a stylist, though. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, I mean, I do more, like, personal shopping. You know, ah, and, um, okay. and suiting, more image consulting, because I, I, I legit take men with no style and give them style. So I kind of curate their mm. look. Uh, I'm right moonlight now, as a stylist. <laughs> you say what? You moonlight as a stylist? I'm moonlight as a stylist, for sure. Uh, a men's stylist, specifically. <laughs> oh, don't, don't. Don't. All right. So keep it on the topic of relationships. Um mm-hmm. You linked up with Runtown. Now, for anybody who is not aware, Runtown is an Afrobeats artist, and mm-hmm. they had an ama- he had an amazing song about four years ago, which is still in very much in heavy rotation for me, called Mad Over You, one of my favorite songs to this day. How did you link up with him and then City Hop? Because you went all over with him. 
Oh, yeah, man. Mad Over You took us to a lot of countries. Uh, man, 2016 and 2017 was a really awesome year. Um, so I linked up with Runtown through a friend of mine named, named Lonrek. He's actually a Chicago native, Nigerian as well. Mm-hmm. But he moved back to Nigeria, and he works for a company called Trace. And Trace, for those who don't know, is like the MTV of Africa, pretty much. And um, it's funny. So I had a loft in downtown L.A., and Runtown was in L.A. shooting a video. And uh, Lonrek connected us, and we just became cool. You know, it wasn't nothing like, oh, let's work together. Fast forward, you know, Runtown came to L.A. for, like, some meetings. And he's like, yo, bro, like, you know, let's link up. Let's connect. So we did. And um, I, I met with him at his Airbnb in Hollywood. And it's so funny because I, I walked in on him recording Mad Over You. And he was like, wow. Sam, yeah, it's crazy. He's like, Sam, what do you think of these beats? I don't know. Like, what do you <laughs> think? And I'm like, bro, that song right there Fire. is going to be a hit. Because he was going to shelf it at first. Like, run time, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, it was crazy. Like, he was going to shelf it. He'll tell you to this day. He was going to shelf it. He was going to go for, like, another song. And I was like, nah, bro. That song is, that's it right there. Yeah. And he's like, okay, cool. Fast forward, you know, he comes back to L.A. and records a video for it. And the video was, like, whack. And somebody <laughs> told him, like, yo, you need to include more black, you know, queens, like, darker-skinned women in it, you know what I'm saying, to really mm. represent, like, you know, what you're talking about in the song. Because you're talking about Ghana girl, you know what I'm saying? But right. she got, you know, very, very, I mean, nothing against, you know what I'm saying, light-skinned women. Like, I love all, you know, shades of black. But, you know, when you're talking about Ghana, like, you really got to. So he went back to Nigeria and shot an epic video that's, you know, that's mad over you now. Yeah. And um, it was just amazing. I was like, bro, I can't believe you're going to shelf this song. Because that song took him from, like, you know, Runtown, you know, the writer. Because that's what he was at first. He wrote a lot of songs for, like, David O and other artists. But it took him from, like that writer to like Runtown, Runtown that we all know to this day. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, Runtown is still one of like the most unique Nigerian artists because his, his yeah. sound is different. You know, he fuses, like he gets his inspiration from like Sade and like a lot of other social artists. And then he incorporates like the Afrobeat aspect to it. And I mean, I mean, we went to London for like his first um, show, which was at the O2, which is a really big, um, really big auditorium in London. And it was sold out. It was like over 5,000, 6,000 people. Mm. The concert was epic and mad over you. Like, I can't even count how many countries I've been to because of that song. Like, hey, Sam. Because, you know, he made me his manager after that. Well, his international oh, manager. Got it. Yeah. Got it. I mean, because, like, why wouldn't you? Like, I told you to put the song out. So, like, you got <laughs> to give me some type of, like, you know, some yeah, type of title. Yeah. But um, he has a main manager, you know, which is one of my good friends as well. His name is uh, Ifaim, but we call him E. Um, but when it came to, like, anything international, you know, they called on me because, you know, I got the U.S. passport, so I can go, like, pretty much anywhere. Right. But we've legit been to, like, Uganda, uh, Amsterdam, all over the U.S. Yeah, 2016 and 2017 was really amazing. Wow, that is yeah. awesome. <laughs> I don't even think, I mean, I don't even think I I knew all that. I knew you, you were working with the artists at the time, but I don't think I realized, like, the magnitude of what you had going on during that time. Yeah, it was really a blessing, man. Um, and he's actually a, a good friend of mine, you know what I'm saying, until this day. Uh, I just had to step back because, you know, again, I felt like I was meant to do more. You know, I kind of did my part and served my purpose in, like, you know, in, in his, like, career. But for me, I honestly feel like, you know, God has me on, you know, on, on this earth to, like, give back and help those in need. And that's another reason why in 20, 2016, I started the Solid Naturals. Because wait, am I getting off a topic? I know you no, you are. You right on topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, you're like um, you're low key reading our notes. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's funny because like in 2016, you know, um, when things were blown up for Runtown, 2016 was when I also became aware of the issue of menstruation in Africa with women in poverty. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny because um, there's a pastor that I follow. His name is Mike Todd. And when I heard this particular yeah. ster- sermon, it made a lot of sense because he said he, he said that um, opportunity. He said um, he said distractions can look like opportunities when you don't know where you're going. Oh, and please. when I I know that was deep. That kind of like it made me shiver when I just said it now. But it's crazy because like at the time when I became aware of the issue of menstruation, like God put it in my heart to start the solid natural. Because I'm the type of person where I give my shirt off my back to somebody in need, and like. I was legit running out of money. I was like, yo, I need to figure out a way to, you know, help solve this issue. So the idea of the solid naturals came about, like, you know, you need to create a, a, self, a self-sufficient business that's not reliant on donations. And, um, and he gave me the idea of shea butters. I promise you, like, I've never made shea butters or cake, cocoa butters or nothing in my life. But I just ordered some. You know, I melted it, added some oils, whipped it, put it in jars, and people were buying it, you know, and people were messaging me like, yo, this is an amazing product. And, um, you know, when everything started to happen with Runtown, I felt like I got off course, you know, so not saying that, you know, that wasn't a blessing in itself, because again, I was able to make a, a lot of amazing contacts all over the world, you know, but that wasn't my calling, you know, come out. So. Right. So now tell I'm, us a little bit about the um, about the mission of mm-hmm. Desalu Naturals and and how you give back regarding ministration. Okay, um, so basically, uh, we have these amazing shea butters fused with um, natural oils, and we basically sell them. And every quarter, we take a percentage of net profits, and we buy Afropads. Um, in 2016, I partnered with a company called Afropath. They're based in Kampala, Uganda, and um, they make reusable sanitary pads. Uh, so they have a kit that consists of four pads, three for you know day use, and then a, a really big one for like uh, heavy flow at night. And um, they decided to partner with me because of what I was doing. You know, they thought it was pretty dope to have a company that gives back on that. You know, to uh, to women. And um, you know, since we partnered, I've I can't even count how many pads we've given out, but we've given out thousands of pads um, in Uganda, Rwanda, uh, Ethiopia. And, um, you know, our reach is still expanding through partnerships that we have with different organizations, you know, in different countries in Africa. But, yeah, the Soul Naturals is just, you know, uh, a way to give back to those in need. That's dope. So there's a lot of companies selling shea butter these days. Um, Mm -hmm. Why did you decide to enter the skincare market with this product in particular? Um, I honestly couldn't tell you. So when I did my research on what kind of company to start, you know, I, I, I looked into the beauty industry, especially like the all natural products, like organic, it was like a billion, $30 billion industry. And I was like, I might as well just tap into that. You know, like they got enough money to, you know, spare to me, you know, some like just all natural. Right. <laughs> I mean, $30 billion. I mean, I just need 1 billion and I'm good. You know, I can do what I need to do and help as many women and girls as possible. Right. So, um, and, you know, for me, I, I love shea, but I use it, you know, myself. I use it on my skin. I use it on my hair. Um, being Nigerian, you know, like, we automatically have, like, thick, coarse hair. So, for me, you know, like, it's, it, shea butter has really been a blessing. And then on top of that, you know, I've added the oils to it. 
So, you know, it adds like loads of other benefits to my skin and to my hair. So I was like, mm. you know what, let me, let me, let me see how far this could go. Um, I doubted myself at first because I was like, okay, this is a guy advocating for women and selling shea butter, like in the beauty industry. Like that doesn't even look right or make any sense. But I was like, you know what, I'm just going to trust God and rock out with it. So um, we launched in 2016. Um, and we didn't start off with like a crazy budget or nothing like that. It was kind of like, you know, a buy and flip, re-up, you know, buy, flip, re-up, and then, you know, take profits to buy pads. Um, but now that I'm talking about it and looking back at it, man, it's crazy because you know, I never thought that, you know, when I started it, I'll be able to help as many people as I've helped, you yeah. know, because um, like when I speak about the South Naturals, I say we a lot, you know what I'm saying? But it's honestly just me because um, I get the Shea Butters um, exported from, uh, I'm sorry, imported, you know what I'm saying, from uh, Burkina Faso, West Africa. And when I get it, you know, I melt it, you know, I, I stir it, I mix in the oils. I design the labels, I put the labels on the jars, I do the mailing of everything. So, um, but I thank God because right now, you know, we're actually really, really doing good because I've, I've mastered, you know, how to like market and really brand the, uh, the company um, to where, you know, it's appealing. But, you know, the backstory, you know, also helps as well because, I mean, who doesn't want to support a company that gives back? So right. it's been really an awesome journey, especially women, like women like to help women. So. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that's why I started a skincare brand, you know, but um, when women hear about other women, you know, going through something that is like, I mean, when you think about it, you know, women here in America, you know, when that time of the month comes, you know, you go to CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid, whatever, and you don't think twice about buying, you know, the pads. But for a woman or a young girl living in a third world country, you know, they're scared every time that time of the month comes around. You know, they're like, yo, I got to. I can't go to school for, you know, however long it lasts, four or five, yeah. six, seven days. Women can't go to work. And I stand on this. I tell people all the time, like, women are the backbone of the communities, you know, whether in Africa or in America. Like, a family, a household, nothing can't operate properly without the woman holding it down, you know? And I was like, God man, I couldn't... You. God will bless you. You see, offenses, they are, they, are, they are working very well. So there's, there's a lot I want to tap into here. One of the things mm -hmm. that you just said was that you thought that it would look funny, a man advocating for women. Why? Mm -hmm. I mean, because, you know, like a lot of men really, I mean, a lot of men who aren't raised around women, you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't know what women go through monthly. Like, my mother raised me, you know, single mother, shout out to her. And then, you know, I had a sister as well. So... Um, I'm very well knowledge in regards to like menstruation, you know what I'm saying? Like mm. I have my own separate bathroom, you know what I'm saying? Just because my mom knew that her, her and my sister was like, going through these things. But I was always the one that had to get sent down to like Walgreens and walk down that aisle and get these pads, you know? Like I made the phone call, like, is it, uh, is it the thin one, the thick one, the one that's like a diaper? Like which one should I get? Like, you know? So I'm very well, you know, knowledgeable about it. But the reason why I was so skeptical is like, okay, like, you know, why is he doing it? You know, why come there's no women, woman in the company doing it? Mm. But um, I tell people all the time, like, when God does things, he doesn't do it to make sense. He does it to make miracles. And, mm. you know, for me to be a guy, you know, advocating for women and, you know, wanting to help women, I mean, it may not make sense, but it'll make you, you know, turn your neck and look like, okay, what's going on over here? Like, let's see what this is about. And then you see me, you know, in Uganda, you know, in the slums, in the ghettos, like talking to women and educating them on how to use the pads. So at first I was like, oh, man, this is not going to work, but it's actually been working to my advantage because I mean, when you hear of a man talking about menstruation, I mean, you obviously want to 
check and see what he's talking about. So. Yeah, people are yeah. definitely listening. So how are you yeah. able to navigate the cultural differences and like the the language barriers when you're dealing with other countries and you're doing business with them, like how you import the shea butter to America? Mm-hmm. Oh, so with, with the importing of the shea butter, I found the supplier. I really had to do my research because there's a lot of shea butter, you know, all throughout Africa. Um, yeah. You know, Ghana makes shea butter in a few mm-hmm. other countries. But, I mean, it's something about Burkina Faso shea butter that's just like, you know, way better. I mean, people would probably disagree with me, but I had to do my research in order to make sure that my product could, you know, compete with other brands. Because, I mean, there's loads of other shea butter brands out there, yeah. you know. But, um, you know, if you really, like, pay attention to quality. And then on top of that, you know, the shea butter that I, shea butter that I buy, um, I'm supporting um, a, a woman collective a woman's collective in Burkina Faso that makes the shea butter. So it's like, okay, I'd rather support them and support, you know, a foreigner who who has a factory, you know, pumping out shea butter. I'd rather put the money in, you know, in the hands of the women who are locals and the hands of a, um, you know, a foreigner who's just trying to like, you know, make a quick buck. But um, the Burkina shea butter is actually really amazing. And then the oils also, uh, the supplier I work with, he gets them from um, different parts of Africa. Uh, the uh, argon oil, the um, avocado oil, the hemp seed. Um, at one point, I was using tamano oil, which comes mm-hmm. from Madagascar, but it was just so expensive. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to circle back when the Sour Naturals becomes like a billion-dollar company. Right. So right I'm going to circle you know, on back. <laughs> I'm going to circle back. But right now, you know, the overhead is, is, I mean, the price, you know, for shipping and then the actual price. Like, if I was selling that still, the shea butter would be like 30 bucks. And I was like, you know what? I want to make the price, you know, friendly, you know, appealing to, you know, the consumer. So, yeah, I'll, you know, yeah. I'll circle back later. So, what ahead, advice? Oh, okay. What advice can you give to entrepreneurs who are interested in doing business in Africa? Because you seem to have it down. Like, you got all the businesses in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> um, you definitely got to do your market research. Because uh, people tell me all the time, like, hey, how did you do it? How did you do it? Um, before I even, you know, started investing in Africa as far as, like, the restaurants and other things, you know, I spent, you know, maybe two years on ground, you know, so while I'm doing charity work, I'm also, you know, doing research on like what kind of businesses would thrive and, and what wouldn't work. And it's, for me, it's all about supply and demand. So not a lot of people know this, but like Nigeria and Ghana are looked at like the New York and L.A. of Africa. Like they love the music, they love yeah. Nollywood, and they yeah. love the food. And the thing about East Africa is like they only see the food like in the movies. You know, so for them, it's kind of like a myth, you know. Um, so I was like, you know, I'm going to open up a Nigerian restaurant in Uganda. And <laughs> I did it, you know. Uh, uh, it's called the Salo Bistro and Wine Bar. And basically, you know, I created, I created a, you know, a demand. Like people were like, oh, there's Nigerian food in Uganda now? Bet. I mean, the first day we opened up, we sold like 100 plates of jollof rice. Uh, we sold, I can't even count how many uh, things of pounding yam and a goosey we sold, but it was just, it was just really amazing. But the thing that really set, you know, my restaurant apart, apart from just some Nigerian food, was just the vibe I created, you know, because growing up in the States and being well-traveled, you know, traveling to like London, Paris, actually my first time in Paris, no, my second time in Paris was with Talia, actually. You know, she mm. took me on this little crazy macaroon tour and all the other things. That Paris we did, is my shit. Nice. Shout out to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> right. But um, I just fused everything together, you know, and just created, like, a really awesome vibe for, like, my um, my restaurant. And people, you know, 
they they really loved it. You know, they loved the cocktails we made. I was able to even like you know uh, get like some brand partnerships. Yeah. So my restaurant um, is sponsored by uh, Jameson. So like a, a majority of our cocktails are made with Jameson whiskey, which is really amazing. Um, every Monday we did this thing called TGIM. Thank God it's Monday. Um, my good friend Ari started that in LA, and I, I asked him for his blessing to start that in Uganda, and he was like, "For sure, bro, I got you." So. We just created a vibe every Monday, you know, every Monday, creative entrepreneurs and just, you know, dope individuals came and just, you know, drank, connected and just, just vibes, you know. So people really liked it for that purpose because it was something different. And people, I mean, believe it or not, like, you know, um, there are a lot of entrepreneurs in Africa. I mean, you kind of have to be because, you know, um, you're not guaranteed a job when you finish university in Africa. You know, um, it all depends on, like, who you know you know, who your dad knows, who your mom knows. So people just end up being entrepreneurs. So I was blessed to be able to meet a lot of them just based off of what I did through the Salud uh, Bistro. Yeah. So how much time do you spend in Africa? Well, before I got stuck, I, I tell people I got stuck because I haven't been back in a year. So um, I had mm. my daughter in April and then I didn't go back. Uh, thank you so much. Well, last year, April, actually. Last year, April. Oh, so she's 14 okay. months now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she's 14 months now, so I came back for her birth, and I spent some time. Well, I basically haven't been back to Africa in a year, but I'm, mm-hmm. like, seeming to go back. But with everything going on with, like, corona and, you know, travel restrictions, um, the airports in Africa are closed. So yeah. Yeah. we're just waiting for them to give us the green light to go back because um, I relaunched and rebranded the Salo Naturals uh, in May, and, you know, it's been well-received, so... With the money that I've set aside to be able to purchase the Afropags, like I'm ready to hit the ground running and start distributing them between Uganda mm-hmm. and Rwanda. So I'm itching to get back to Africa right now. Yeah. So there are a lot of my guy friends have definitely told me that they are waiting for a show that touches on maintenance for men, specifically hair and beard. So we're going to jump into that in a minute. But before we go there, I want to talk about whether or not you faced any discrimination as a male founder in the beauty industry. So I know you talked about kind of being the face of Desalu Naturals and how you interact with women on the ground in Africa. But have you faced Mm -hmm. discrimination in any other area being a, a male founder? I actually haven't. Um, you know, women receive me well. Um, you know, uh, when it comes to like being a male. Okay, enough, Sam. Women female. receive you well. <laughs> Whatever. I, I was gonna let him slide. No, I mean, Hell I mean, no. I, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to say. I'm trying to. I'm trying to put. I, I don't know how to. Say, I'm sorry. That came out wrong. But no, like they they welcomed me into the into a female dominated industry. Is that, does that sound better? That's better. Go ahead. Okay. They 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 welcome me in a welcome me with open arms in a female dominated industry um, because you know a lot of female entrepreneurs you know who own like um, you know boutiques or like hair salons or even beauty supply stores have reached out to carry the products so um, I'm kind of just piggybacking off the guy that uh, founded Shea Moisture because like, he killed it you know before he um, you know sold it off to uh, Unilever Unilever. Um, so, I mean, he was received very well because, you know, yeah. women use shea moisture. So I'm kind of like, you know, walking in the footsteps of like, you know, somebody that already paved the path. Like when I started mm. the Solid Naturals, I was looking, like a lot of my inspiration came from uh, Blake Mikowski. And Blake Mikowski is the founder of Tom's. And his one-for-one model, you know, was like really amazing. I know a lot of um, social businesses use it, you know, to this day. 
but um you know they've they've welcomed me with open arms you know in the industry like women are very supportive they ask how can they help they ask if they can come on trips i'm like yeah for sure so i haven't faced any discrimination yet you know i mean i'm still in the beginning stages so i mean you could circle back you know in like a year and i'll let you know if you know any women start to hate on me i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well i already know talia gonna handle all of that Love. <laughs> okay <Yeah. laughs> So uh, let's, yeah, let's get into your skincare routine. So um, I've been to your house. I've seen that that little fuzzy brush that you, <laughs> I don't even know what that little thing is called. That uh, little, little foam thing you use for, for my hair. hair. Yeah. So, so yeah. walk us through your skincare routine and your hair and beard maintenance routine. Mm -hmm. Step by step. We need all the tea. Okay, so um, my grandmother, God rest her soul, she um, kind of helped me with my skin routine. So when I spent the two years with her down in, um, you know, in Lagos, she told me that uh, before I go to sleep, I should wash my face with really good soap. So I use um, black soap. And yes. um, she, said, she said, wash your face with that. And before you go to sleep, put calamine lotion on your face. And at first I thought it was weird because calamine lotion, I just know it from, you know, when I had chicken pox. That's what they pull all over my body. Right. But... Yeah, but it made sense, though, because pimples only form, you know what I'm saying, like on your face at night. And that's when your skin is the most oiliest. So my grandma was like, put this on your face at night. So it keeps your skin dry until you wake up the next morning to be able to wash your face again with the black soap. And then after you wash your face again, use a really, really good, you know, moisturizer. So at that time, I was using um, Palmer's Cocoa Butter. And um, that's pretty much been my skin routine, you know, uh, since then, like, you know, it's uh, black soap, calamine lotion, and now I use, you know, of course, my own product, um, the shea butter. And I also use it in my hair as well, too. Um, I kind of wash my hair every day. I, I don't know if that's good or not, but um, as soon as I get out the shower and dry my hair off, you know, I put shea butter in it. So it keeps my scalp moisturized. I mean, I don't have dandruff. I, um, I think the shea moisture actually helps with that because if your, if your scalp isn't dry, then you don't get it pretty much. So um, you go to sleep every night with a dry face from calamine lotion? Well, not every night because, I mean, it's a process, you know, and I'm a man. So I feel like, like I don't have to do all that all the time, you know. <laughs> but, you know, right now I have, a, I have a, I don't know what this is on my forehead, but I'm kind of mad that I, I haven't put, put it on my face, you know, because the calamine lotion does work. And I've recommended it to, like, a bunch of different people, men and women, and they tell me that, yo, that actually really helps. Um so that's pretty much my skin routine. Um, I have the sponge for my hair. I have the brush for my facial hair. But I pretty much use, you know, shea butter for, like, moisturizing my beard, moisturizing my scalp, my entire body, pretty much. And do you wash your beard separate from your face? Nah, I'm not going to lie to you and, and act like I do that. I, I don't. <laughs> you know, when I, <laughs> when I get in the shower, it's just like I just lather up. So I wash my hair, wash my face, wash my beard with the same thing. And I know women have like 10 different towels for 10 different body parts. So I'm just a, a yeah. one towel person. One for each you know, titty. There's <laughs> <laughs> just one towel for the whole body. I know women, one towel for the hair, one towel for the feet, one towel for the, the breast, like you said, one towel for the back. For me, it's just one towel for the whole body. Are you using shampoo and conditioner? Well, Again, don't judge me. You know what I'm saying? I have one of those body washes that's good for shampooing your hair. And oh, your you got, a, so you like, got an all-purpose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an all-purpose all purpose body wash. Good child. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm pretty sure Stu does the same thing. I mean, Stu looks well-groomed, but Look, I'm pretty sure he let me, let me tell you something, okay? Stuart lives in this house, and he gets all of the products Max. in the world, okay? <laughs> I have him with a serum. He got a vitamin C, okay? He is out here using all the Camille Rose for his hair. We're going to send you his, his whole little routine, okay? Because he is in this house, okay? <laughs> no, I feel you. <laughs> there is no one bottle for everything, uh-uh. And he got two towels. Okay. <laughs> so, Sam, you've talked a lot about faith. You've talked a lot about your alignment and your purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk us through a little bit. How does your faith help you get through this period of time with COVID um, and everything that's been going on in the world? Man, um, that's a good question. So, like, 2019 was, like, a really trying year for me. You know, I went through a lot. Um I mean, I could just be open with you because Talia told me to be open, but you know, I had a I had a baby that I that I didn't expect, mm-hmm. you know, um, so that kind of like depressed me a little bit. I mean, but now I'm happy, of course, you know. Um, a lot of things financially went down here for me too, and it kind of like put me like in like a dark place, mm. and um, I was kind of depressed. But then I was like, you know what? Like, I need to find peace. I need to seek peace. And like, you know, it's one thing to know God, but it's one thing to walk with God. Mm. You know, so for the longest, like, you know, I knew about God. I knew I needed to read the Bible. I knew about Jesus. But um, it's one thing. It's another thing to, like, actually walk. Like, you know, pick up your cross and, you know, and, like, walk and make sacrifices. So um, during these times, man, because um, I regained my life to Christ in November, and I've legit been anchoring myself in the Word, you know. And the Bible tells us, like, you know, in so many words, like, when you anchor yourself in Jesus, like, nothing of the world can really, like, you know, like, move you. You know, um, because people think peace is like when there's nothing going on. Mm-hmm. But real peace, which is found in Jesus, is peace that even in the middle of a storm, like you're good. And I used to tell people like, oh, the whole COVID lockdown quarantine quarantine thing was like a blessing in disguise. But now it's just a blessing because for me, you know, I spent the court, the quarantine, you know, like really, you know, studying the word, getting to know Jesus, you know, and really just like, you know, solidifying my relationship. And I've also been working out. Like, this is the best I've felt and looked all my life, you know? Um, like, I know I'm supposed to be angry. Like, I know I'm supposed to be like, yo, you know, F all white people because of, like, what, you know, a few have done. But I've, I haven't been angry. You know, I've, I've legit just been praying, you know what I'm saying, for those who have done wrong, praying that their heart changes. Um, I've actually been to peace. And I'm actually really, really in a good place. And I, I felt guilty at one point. Like, yo, why are you, like, such in a good mood? Why are you so happy? when the world is, like, going through so much, like, you know, turmoil. But that just shows you that, like, I found peace in Jesus. That, like, even through a pandemic, too, because I'm black, you know, racism, that I'm at peace and, like, I'm happy. And I'm just using 2020 to really, like, you know, set a foundation for 2021 because that's just that's just been, you know, like, what's helped me get through it, you know. And um, I just became a better person through, during this pandemic. Like, it's really transformed me for the better because I honestly feel like if this pandemic never happened, if we were never told to stay home, I would have never really been checking for the Bible like how I'm checking now. And I tell people all the time, like, again, God is very strategic. You know, like this pandemic took us by surprise, but it, it didn't take him by surprise. Like he knew it was going to happen. I um, mean, this podcast came from, you know, out of COVID and quarantine. So we right. we definitely, mm-hmm. you know, see a silver lining in, in all of this. Um, yeah. So we haven't really touched on you being a father yet, but this is a post Father's Day episode. Mm-hmm. And I know we talked about little baby Zion a little, 
But yeah. um, I was telling Dee before we started that your your story <laughs> is, especially when it comes to being a father, I think mm-hmm. is an incredible story um, of of sacrifice and and purpose and like pivoting. Because I think so many times when a woman gets pregnant, if she's not with her partner, she feels like she's the only one that's pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. But from the very beginning, when when Zion was conceived, you were in Uganda. You were starting an entire new business, the restaurant, in another country. And I watched you over the course of that pregnancy step up. Um, mm-hmm. And... And I know it wasn't it wasn't difficult. I mean, it was difficult. I know it wasn't easy. Um, mm-hmm. So you can, you know, tell us as much as, or as little as you want. Mm-hmm. But I think that I think it's important for people to understand how when when you are who you are and when you're a person, you know, a, a morally aligned person and something hugely unexpected happens how you can shift your entire life to do the right thing mm-hmm. uh so t- um, so tell us a little bit about how you how you navigated that especially with with the multiple businesses um man it was i'm not gonna lie like it was tough and so like when so i'm just gonna be transparent you know i only knew the mother of my child you know what I'm saying for two weeks before she got pregnant you know, I was I was being a hot boy, you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, I share my testimony openly. Like I tell everybody now, like I was a womanizer, you know, I was I was a hoe, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, um I put myself in a situation where like, you know, I got, you know, her pregnant and I, I'm not ready for kids. I just started a whole restaurant, you know? And a part of me knew that, okay, if she's keeping this child, Sam, you're gonna have to make sacrifices, sacrifices that you're not gonna wanna do. And the only reason why I was so compelled to make these sacrifices was because my father was never there. You know, I've only seen my dad twice. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember him a little bit, you know what I'm saying, like when I was maybe like two, three. Like, that's how good my memory is. And then again, when my mom sent me back to Nigeria and I saw him when I was 15, and I was like, man, that sucks, you know? And I told myself, you know, like, all generational curses end with me. You know, Amen. like, there's no way I could have a daughter and, you know, not be in her life. And, you know, uh, I made the decision to, you know, uh, leave my restaurant in the hands of like my uncle and, and come back to America and be, you know, be present in my daughter's life. It is what it is. All I know is like, if she has this baby, you have to be there. You know what I'm talking about? So that's what I did. And then on top of that, you know, me leaving my restaurant to a family member who ran into the ground really broke my heart as well too. So I had to, you know, close my restaurant down, but you know, thank God God is good. I'm actually in a position now to open it up again in Chicago. So I'm looking at like 2021 to open up my restaurant in Chicago, you know, and it wasn't until I gave my life to Christ that, like, I really had to look back at everything and realize, like, hey, it took two to make this baby, so you mm. can't be 100% mad at her, you know. And pride is, like, the number one sin, so you got to put that to the side. And, like, no matter how you're, you're feeling, you know what I'm saying, like, you have to understand that you need to create a healthy environment to raise this child in, you know, and you, you need to have a healthy, you know, co-parenting relationship. And, you know, like, when I gave my life to Christ, you know, when I started reading the Word, um, there was a scripture in Romans 8, verse 28, that says, you know, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose. So as I started reading that over and over again, I was realizing, like, yo, God is very strategic. Because even though I was disciplined, you know what I'm saying, as like a very hard worker, 
you know, now having a child, you know, is propelling me to work even harder and smarter at the same time. And I just realized that everything that was going on was meant to happen, you know, because I honestly feel like when you start to work, walk in God's purpose for your life, you know, you start to realize that everything he did was strategic to get you to, to the point where you're at now. And I honestly feel like, you know, um, me having a child has made me a better man. So, like, when I look at my daughter now, I'm like, man, the circumstances that got you here aren't favorable, but, you know, God needed a way for you to get here, and it was my, it was me and your mom, you know? So, like, I pray on my daughter, and, like, you know, I, I speak into her life because I, I know that, you know, she's not a mistake. I mean, to us, you know, it, it might have been like, oh, damn, you know, we got a child, but God knows what he's doing, you feel me? So, um, yeah, um, yeah, I don't want to keep rambling, but, yeah. No, that's, that's it's not it rambling. Is. Love it. We love it. So... Yeah. Restaurant opening up in 2021, hopefully mm-hmm. in Chicago. The Solid yeah. Naturals taking over shelf space all over the place. What else is next for you? What else can we expect? Well, by the grace of God, man, I'm looking for, you know, the Solid Naturals to be in a lot of retailers by 2021. Love that. All right. So we're going to do a quick round of rapid fire before we end. So I don't know if you've ever done rapid fire. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions. Mm -hmm. Some of them will be either or. Just pick one. The ones that are not either or, say the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Okay. Rapidly, Sam. Rapidly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Talking or texting? Texting. Toast or eggs? Eggs. Cardio or weights? Weights. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Last song you listened to? Uh, Promise. The God song. At what age do you want to retire? Um, 45. Invisibility or super strength? Invisibility. That was okay. You did well. <laughs> so when you say eggs, you mean like boiled or scrambled? It just depends on like what I'm doing at the moment, like how quick do I need them. So sometimes it's been bored uh-uh. a lot. I do be. not need your egg dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> it just depends on who making them and how hot it is outside. Like ain't nobody uh-huh. trying to hear all that sound. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, side note, Talia don't play about her food. I remember, oh my hope God. you don't get mad at me. Talia that? came to visit me in New York City and the day before we had went to like this jerk spot. And, like, I have a really bad habit of, like, waking up at 2 in the morning and eating food. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, like, I, I ate Kalia's leftover. <laughs> and then she woke up. was like, where's my food? Because she wanted to eat it before she went somewhere. And, like, I told her I ate it. And she snapped on me. Hot. Oh, my God. She slammed the door. I'm like, Kalia, my neighbors. Um, yeah. So, our final question. Mm-hmm. Why does beauty need you? Why does beauty need me? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm giving, you know them a, a product that's like all natural um we put so much so much chemicals in our skin and we complain about having blemishes or you know reactions to certain things i feel like you know the beauty industry needs a company like the solid naturals that gives you a product that has gives you a product that you know you can actually pronounce the ingredients and you know what's going to your skin and you know it's beneficial hey everyone talia here In collaboration with Beauty Needs Me, Sam wanted to offer our listeners a special promotion. So when you head on over to DesaluNaturals.com and use the promo code BNM10, from now until July 2nd, you will get 10% off of your purchase. That's B as in beauty, N as in needs, M as in me, and the number 10. We're also going to put DesaluNaturals.com 
in the show notes as well as the promo code so you won't forget. Make sure to check it out.